my name is Adam Hanover and this is the Boxing Coaches Podcast. We take a look into the craft and the science of boxing coaching, asking the ultimate question, can we do it better? The podcast delves into areas like skill acquisition, sports science, developing effective coaching relationships, reflective practice and challenging the norms and traditions of boxing coaching. All this whilst tackling the nitty gritty of our day-to-day boxing practice. So if you're a boxing coach, a boxer or a parent or simply interested in learning through sport, then square yourself away for 20 to 40 minutes and let's talk boxing. Okay, guys, welcome to episode number 47 of the Boxing Coaches podcast, proudly associated with the Box Gathering. Today, I've got an absolutely fantastic guest. We've got Ben Stewart, who's a technical lead for the British Army boxing team as part of the GB World Class program. Ben, how you doing, mate? You well? I'm very well, Adam. Thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, mate. I've just been to a sort of a zoo and I've been running around and um, I think I smell like giraffe at the moment. So, um, but I thought I'd jump on now with the uh, with the podcast before I jump in the shower. So, um, Ben, could you tell us a little bit more about your, and this is a vague question, um, your history in boxing, mate? Where did it all start? Um, I've got, yeah, well, uh, I think starting boxing at, uh, you know, an amateur club called Berenstall Boxing Club, the age of 14. Um, same story as a lot of people got into it for, for fitness mainly and keep out of trouble. Um, boxed for five years with them before um, being di- di- sorry, being diagnosed with uh, ulcerative colitis. So I had to have my car removed, uh, going down the wrong path, dra- dragged back involved with the club, uh, got into coaching young, did my level one, 2004, level two, 2005. Uh, wanted to pursue a career in sport, so went to uni in 2007. Uh, was lucky enough to get a job with the, uh, the NGB. Uh, in 2010, uh, while carrying on the coaching, uh, that was down in Luton, and then uh, got a full-time role in Sheffield uh, with the NGB uh, in 2011, level three 2013, uh, started working with England 2014, uh, full-time with England, and then a GB pool coach 2015, uh, which is saved me up in the AIBA uh, level one star. Um, and then 2017, um, did my two-star two for getting a full-time role with GB the following year, 2018, which is working uh, with the British Army, which is obviously the, the role I'm currently doing. Wow. Okay. So uh, there's, there's, there's a few sort of uh, landmarks in there. I think you did your, um, your two-star in Ukraine. Is that right? I think I remember you saying. Yeah, in uh, Lviv in Ukraine. And what was that like? Um, do you know what? It was, it was fantastic. Obviously, Ukraine's uh, one of those sort of uh, powerhouse nations with the boxing. It was really interesting doing the course. Um, it, it was split. It was uh, Russian speaking and English uh, speaking. So it was a it was a hot a hot week in uh, Ukraine where you effectively have to sit through two courses one one Russian one English. Uh, so at times it was quite hard to uh, to stay awake in a in a hot classroom, but it was. Um, an incredible experience, uh, especially doing the, the practical elements in the gym uh, with uh, coaches from the likes of Russia, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, uh, and obviously Ukraine itself. So now it was a it was a brilliant experience. Okay, so a lot of those a lot of coaches there from those sort of um, you know old Russian states were out there. Yeah, that Eastern Bloc uh, influence. I think um, we both did our one star together, didn't we, Adam? Um, 
with uh, Bodo Andres. Sheffield, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was interesting seeing because uh, you know obviously Bodo's uh, CV working in the Eastern Bloc um, era. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a interesting experience um, or an insight to see how they uh, how they did things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I can imagine a bit of an eye opener. So that that brings us to uh, your current position now in, in the as um, a technical lead for the British Army. Uh, tell us about the, the team that you work with. Um, so the, the team I work with with the British Army, um, you know, there's a lot of history involved with um, all sort of prestige associated with uh, boxing and the army. You know, they've got um, you know a fantastic list of uh, national champions. You know, the likes of Sort of Chris Bessie, Martin Stead, uh, you know James Allen, who we're working with now, um, and the Army are you know really keen to keep that going, and not just boxing, um, but they're really really supportive uh, with soldiers pursuing um, and maximising their sort of sporting potential. Um, so the the boxing team is actually the only um, full time program uh, within the Army. Uh, so effectively, the uh, the boxers are released from uh, their regiments, their units, uh, to, to take part in boxing activity full time. Which um, you know, we're, I think we're the we're the lucky ones as well across the services to be the only uh, official full time training program. So yeah, Adam, back to your original question about the uh, the actual team down in Aldershot. Um, the 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 facility to start with uh, are fantastic, and it's a testament to. The army's commitment uh, to you know supporting their athletes to to maximise their potential. Um, you walk into the doors, big open space, plenty of fo- uh, floor space for tech sessions, uh, an array of hitting equipment, three full size rings. Uh, you know, down the bottom we've got our own little S and C suite. You walk out the the building, we've got a track um, about two hundred meters um, away from the gym. Uh, you turn left out of the gym. There's a, you know, a leisure centre with a swimming pool. Um, it's a fantastic setup, um, or you know, like a an environment to be training in. Mm-hmm. Um, with the actual uh, staffing, we've got six coaches, including myself. Um, you know, three of those coaches have won ABA titles, so there's a there's a, a vast amount of knowledge uh, within the coaching team. We're lucky enough to have um, a support staff team as well. So we've got an SNC coach from the English Institute of Sport. We've got uh, a physio, a nutritionist, a psychologist, um, a lifestyle coach from um, TAS. Uh, they have a TAS hub there. Only, only kind of its uh, sorry, the only one of its kind in the country. Uh, and we're currently supporting about twenty to thirty boxers, uh, varying from sort of the age of twenty up to thirty-four from 20 bouts up to pushing uh, 100 bouts so it's a uh, it's a uh, it's, it's a fantastic setup and it's a, it's a it's a privilege to be a part of it and um so amongst that team you obviously have to go about selecting your boxes um wherever that might be from so how, how do you actually go about talent id for the army team and getting your boxes on board so currently um you know we we uh, we look internally uh, and externally for boxes onto the program um there's there's a vast amount of activity um uh, with regard to senior boxing within the army like i said they're really supportive to 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 all soldiers uh, pursuing whatever sort of level um or maximizing their potential uh, in sport so there's a there's a whole 
array of sort of unit level, regimental level, core level, uh, army individual championships, uh, major unit championships that take place within the army. Um, so that has a has a you know a great opportunity for us to sort of select people um, or be aware of people through their journey right from sort of Dev A, Dev B, and then hopefully like a transition onto um, you know the 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 army elite program. Um, so like with the, the development championships, they actually get released for a period of time to to train with a coach who's linked with the army boxing team, so the the, the gold program I like to call it. Um, so now we get to, to have a look at them internally uh, through that pathway, um, but also we try to recruit externally, so linking with the home nations, so England, Scotland, and Wales, uh, looking for um, talented boxers who are interested in pursuing a, a career within the army, um, but also get the opportunity to be fully supported. Uh, in terms of uh, pursuing and maximising their potential uh, in the sport. With the examples of sort of uh, Karis Armstrong at the minute, um, Tory Willits, both of which who are training full-time with uh, with GB. Um, you know, Kaz, as an example, um, you know, she's um, artillery, being a boxer, sorry, being in the army a number of years, um, you know, keeps her qualifications up to date. Um, but has been has been lucky enough to be released by a unit to go through the system of uh, first of all going in the development championships, uh, then coming on to the the gold squad, training full time, winning the ABAs, um, and then getting on to GB, um, and obviously medaling at world championships in Russia uh, before Christmas last year. Um, but then we've also got people like Megan Reed, um, who boxes with us full time. But is utilised by Scotland, um, who have a sort of semi uh, full time training program. So effectively, she trains with us full time, and then um, you know we release her to Scotland whenever they uh, require her. Um, and again, she was an example of uh, someone who made the quarterfinals of the World Championships in Russia uh, last year before Christmas. So sorry, I've gone about that in a bit of a funny way. Uh, with regards to the actual question, in terms of how we talent ID, we look internally uh, within the army, uh, and we have a bit of a sort of pathway, right from sort of Dev A, Dev B, uh, up to sort of open class elite level, um, and then we look to recruit um, talented boxers externally, mainly through the home nations, but obviously also through the, the boxing community itself, which is something that's been done, sort of left down to chance a little bit previously, but we're looking at formalising and make sure we do better moving forward. And we had a we had a brief chat the other day, didn't we, about the potential of having a look at Dice as well, and um, seeing if there's any uh, talent. You know, obviously there is talent coming through Dice who, who may be interested as well. Hundred percent, mate. You know, if uh, organisations like yourselves um, working with athletes to develop them, um, you know, making sure we're all trying to make sure they maximise their potential, but fully aware of. Uh, other things in life, situations in life, uh, where it's important as well to develop them as people, but obviously as other sort of career um, to back that up. So DICE is obviously looking at continued education um, and, you know, getting them qualifications while they're, they're continuing to, uh, to excel in their sport. It's exactly the same within the Army. Um, you know, they've got a career to fall back on. Um, they're, they're getting these life skills um, and... The army are really good, you know, as an outsider working with them, at, at upskilling their workforce. 
so the, you know, the extra added qualifications they can get while um, pursuing that sort of boxing career as well is, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned that, you know, your programme, you have your Dev A, your Dev B, and then, you know, going on to the open class, etc. It must, it must be, um, you know, you guys obviously have got to be on the ball for what you're planning for each session. So if I was to come into your gym uh, in Aldershot and, and be a fly on the wall, what would, I, what would I see as a typical week? What does a typical week look like? Well, we, we try to keep quite structured. Um, you know, the, the army prides itself on, the, on, you know, their structure and they need to be with the, um, you know, the type of work they do and the situations they put themselves into. So we, we try to be as structured as possible. Um, you know, letting the boxers know uh, what we're doing, which, which I know doesn't quite follow the England sort of air, air philosophy. Um, but, you know, because we are a full-time programme, uh, we need to make sure that people are aware of what they're doing day-to-day in their lives um, so that they can also balance uh, admin or, you know, life admin or anything else, family life um, around that. So what we usually do is we send out uh, a weekly programme um, on the Friday uh, before the weekend of what they're doing the following week. Uh, we all come in on the Monday, uh, Monday morning, and we give a brief for the week. So we run through that program, give the opportunity to ask any questions uh, and then add any sort of finer details, usually around uh, sparring, you know, whether we're, we're going out sparring, because we're quite lucky being a full-time program that we don't have to rely on sparring in-house just amongst each other. So we can get out and, uh, you know, quite often most weeks we, we, we get out um, and visit uh, amateur clubs around the area usually try and limit the travel to about an hour uh, sort of radius of what we're doing. But we also try to invite a number of clubs in uh, certain nights to keep that variation inspiring. So um, through the week, we usually do an individual coaching and S&C session on the Monday, uh, a run Tuesday morning with a, a sort of, we call it a, a tech session, um, is the middle session on Tuesday, sparring Tuesday afternoon, uh, Wednesday morning, we do a sort of conditioning session uh, on the bags, which we vary the, um, the work rates and the, the rest time, depending on where they are in the, in the training block, followed by a tact session, uh, so following the similar sort of theme as, as a Tuesday's tech session. Wednesdays, they have off because, uh, you know, we're a full-time program. We need to have a bit of flexibility with, um, with admin, appointment, hot doctor appointments, etc. Uh, Thursday morning, run uh thursday middle session will be an individual coaching session for the second individual coaching session of the week and then thursday afternoon will be the second sparring session uh or tuesday and thursday afternoon sparring sessions might be pushed back to evenings depending on whether we have clubs coming in or we're going out to clubs obviously most seniors out in the city circuit have full-time jobs uh, and are only available in the evenings and then Friday morning is our sort of S&C session before the uh, the troops bug out of Aldershot and return back home because, uh, you know, they live all around the country. We've got boxers who live up in Scotland. We tend to leave Friday morning so that people can, uh, can get back in good time and actually enjoy the weekend after a hard week's graft. Sure. So you've got, a, you know, a wide range of different boxers there, as you mentioned, all over the country. But also uh, another challenge you've got is that a lot of might be boxing at different times, especially, you know, development championships, uh, over the Open Championships, etc. 
Um, we spoke before about how you uh, periodize your training. So like, for example, one block with five phases. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we're, we're again, we're quite lucky as a, as a full-time program um, that we tend to only sort of have two groups within the team. So we're not like, a, you know, like a, a grassroots club where you'll have effectively dozens of groups in terms of development levels. Um, you have schoolboy, you know, schools, school, school age, junior age, youth age, senior age, all with various different uh, championships and club shows. It's really complex what um, you know amateur clubs have to deal with. So we're quite lucky that we are the, the full-time sort of gold squad. So what we build up to in a season is the national championships. Um, and what we try to do is we break the season into four or five training blocks. Um, with each training block having a tight competition at the end of it um, and a preparation uh, competition or camp where appropriate. Um, so effectively, we're building up to a tight comp each training block. And like you mentioned, we break each training block down to uh, five phases, which are uh, general, um, well, off now then. General, uh, intense, <laughs> general, intense, uh, sharpen, taper, competition. <laughs> there are five phases. Um, so yeah, the each phase has a sort of specific objective um, of what we're working towards, um, but also. On another edge, it's to keep it a little bit fresh for the boxes. So they're cool. not doing the, the same training sessions uh, for an eight to, to ten week training period where it just feels like one monotonous uh, slog. So it, it serves uh, two purposes in terms of um, a physiological or you know a, a certain objective of what we're trying to achieve, uh, developmental or physiological uh, objective but also just trying to keep it fresh and different in terms of sessions for the boxers. Sure. And obviously though, that, um, that block would have been something that you would have worked up to when you invited the, the Ukraine over. So, so it was a Ukraine, a team from Liverpool, Southern Counties. Anyone else? Have I missed someone there? Was it uh, no, that was it. Cause we had four teams. Four teams, so that yeah. Was, uh, so so uh, in my first year in post, uh, we were looking at the competition calendar. Um, and we were looking at an appropriate uh, target comp in each training block. Um, and there wasn't really anything effective, uh, you know, or good for us to utilize at that sort of time. So we just thought, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll create our own. Uh, we're in a lucky enough position that we've got a fantastic venue. Um, and we thought, you know, what the hell, we'll just uh, invite uh, a lot of people over and run a round robin tournament, which, you know, I don't think we do enough in this country where win or lose um, you know you can box over consecutive days which prepares yourself pre prepares your, your athletes your boxers for that sort of uh, three day format which they, they might come across in the uh, national championships yeah absolutely one, one of my girls came up and boxed two of yours and um, another girl from Liverpool and that was a yeah she came away from that absolute buzzing and, and confident knowing that she could actually box um you know, to that to that level with that with that kind of physical demand. Although she's not with us anymore, she's uh, she'll be with you soon. Yeah. Um, anyway, another story. Um, yeah. So, so we actually spoke before about your team understanding the scoring criteria 
and then your your coaching team actually working backwards from that. So what what did you actually mean by that? So actually your boxers understanding the criteria and your coaching team kind of working backwards from that. Yeah, so what what it kind of spawned from was um, you know com- coming into the post and uh, and being a full time training program. I um, some frustrations I've had before uh, or previously was um, you know having a little bit of structure to what we're delivering or something I was conscious of, especially in a full time program. You know we can't really constantly wing it or just do things ad hoc uh, when you're full time. So I, I had to sort of a sit down and think about right. How can we structure what we're doing in terms of what we're trying to deliver uh, around your sort of your, your technical and tactical of what you want your boxes to have? Um, which, considering obviously everyone's got their own individual needs, but I was just trying to think of you know as a as a program what we're aiming towards, um, and it got me thinking, and you know I came to the uh, to the conclusion that well we're trying to win bouts. Um, and how do you win bouts? It's it's the scoring criteria. Um, and a frustration I've had previously, well, not a frustration, a sort of realisation, um, you know, previously working on um, preparation camps with England boxers before they head out to, to European worlds, etc. The amount of uh, you know, young boxers you talk to and say, you know, like, what, what's the scoring criteria? Um, and a lot of them would come unstuck a little bit or, or wouldn't be totally sure other than if I hit my opponent more times than they hit me um, I'm, I'm alright um, so it just got me thinking that you know how many of us actually know the scoring criteria of what we're aiming to, to achieve in the bout um, so what we do with the um, with the, the army the army programme is uh, we relate all our sort of technical and tactical sessions to the scoring criteria um, which I think is quite relevant to what's been discussed in the uh, in you know the box gathering uh, sessions recently. Sort of starting with the uh, the end goal or the task in mind and working backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it goes to that sort of uh, pretense of we can't explain why we're doing it. You know, wh- why are we doing it? So for us, um, what we're delivering, as long as it has relevance to the scoring criteria. Um, you know, it's it's worth doing. So that's why we try and link all our our sessions. Uh, you know, we have a scoring criteria put up on the board in big bold uh, letters for our boxes, and we have a sort of brief uh, with them at the end of the session to check for understanding. Uh, we try and relate everything we do, or, or explain what we've done, or, or get them tease it out of them of how that relates to the scoring criteria. Because effectively, that's how you win a battle. And that's and that's what we're all trying to achieve, winning those bouts. Yeah. So the behaviours that you're that you want coming up from your boxers are geared towards that outcome, and everyone's very very clear that this is how you actually are successful in the round and ultimately in the bout. I mean, we all know it, don't we? We sit, we watch the show, and you get some people screaming and shouting, "Oh, he's won that easily! He's won that easily!" And then you get another people just crossing their arms, kind of pushing their chest out, looking a bit smug, saying, "No, because it weren't scoring shots, or they weren't doing this, or they weren't doing that." You know, and you're thinking those kind of three main criteria, those people haven't got a clue about. Um, and having that, having that knowledge is, is absolute power. It's going to bring your boxers on. And if they know it themselves, then they're going to win bouts for sure. Um, just something I wanted to move on to as well, Ben. Um, me and you have had lots of chats in the past about sort of constraints-based approach. 
you know, I think it's something that's quite emergent in boxing at the moment. It's really starting to really come out, whether it's been there before or not, but people are a bit more aware about it. Um, but also we're very heavily sort of steeped in drills as well. Um, so what, what sort of place does, um, in your programme, does constraints-based approach have and what, what kind of places drills have in your programme? Yeah, so if, if they're two ends of a, of a continuum. Yeah, um, I, th I think it was about four or five years ago that um, I first got introduced to, you know, the concept about constraints-based learning. Um, I was lucky to have a, a mentor on a, a UKCC um, with the EIS um, programme for coaches, a guy called Bob Muir. Um, and it really got me thinking about how we deliver our sort of tech tech sessions, like you, you mentioned about the drill, you know, the traditional sort of drill te techniques we use. Um, and basically saying, you know, they're, they're so far removed, working in isolation or, you know, like a heavily uh, painting by numbers uh, tech session of boxer A, throw the jab, boxer B, defend with this hand. Uh, you know, it's all choreographed. It's so far, far away from uh, the realistic... Uh, experience they're going to get in a, in a bout or that pressure situation that you know how can we expect people to transfer that across uh, confidently um, so it got me thinking about that sort of stuff and I've, I've had many conversations with yourself included and other coaches over the years and, and we tried doing stuff on um, you know England talent sessions camps um, and you know what I think it's not a case of this is, you know, we've been doing things completely wrong. This is, this is what we should be doing. I think it's just another tool for us to consider. And, and the main thing is, you know, as long as we're questioning what, what we're doing, how we're doing it and why we're doing it, and we can explain and justify ourselves like we do with the, the scoring criteria, then, you know, we're okay. Um, so what we do with the, the team is we sort of spread our bets um, you know, but again, because we, we've got that luxury of having so much time being a full-time programme. Um, because I do think, you know, we've had conversations before, there's no set way of delivering, uh, there's no set way of coaching an athlete because effectively everyone's different and people are different. Um, and terminology used, uh, metaphors you might use to give examples, and... Um, we're constantly striving for those penny drop moments with athletes, you know, that realisation of, oh, yeah, I get what you mean now. Um, you know, sometimes we need to change the way we're delivering the sessions, but sometimes it's hard for a coach to, to hit off with an athlete, whether it's just the way you talk or, like I say, the metaphors you use, the way you explain stuff. So what we try and do with the team is uh, sort of edge our bets. Um, so we do... Effectively, what we call a tech session on a Tuesday, which is your more drill-based, um, you know, movement-based, uh, sorry, movement pattern-based uh, sort of session, uh, where we sort of check for people's uh, competence. Uh, the tech session we do on a Wednesday will be the same skill or technique or whatever you want to call thing. Um, but we try to use a constraints-led approach. So we try to amp it up a little bit by making it a bit more real. Um, don't always explain the link between the Tuesday and the Wednesday session. We try and tease that out the athletes. 
Um, and then obviously you have your, your open spa situations twice a week and your individual coaching sessions twice a week. So whatever the athletes are working on, uh, whether it's the sort of group curriculum of what we're trying to do uh, in terms of fundamentals, working towards scoring criteria, or whether it's an individual need for the boxer, we try to cater for it all, if that makes sense, by doing individual coaching sessions, a tech session, a tax session, and sparring. Um, because I don't believe there is one set way of landing a message with a boxer. So we try to, to edge the bets with the types of sessions we're delivering. But then also what we do is we switch coaches around and we have two coaches per training block buddy up with a boxer. Because the way you explain something, Adam, might be completely different to the way I explain it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're working with a boxer, you might hit the nail and have the head straight away. You might have that sort of rapport and they, and they think, or be, be, have the same sort of wavelength. But they think, yeah, do you know what? I get exactly what you mean. Uh, whereas I might struggle. So, again, we edge our bets, one, with the type of sessions we're delivering, but two, with who's delivering them. Mm-hmm. And the style of delivery and the language used in the delivery by mixing up the coaches, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And, and I think we have, um, you mentioned as well that um, if, if you're working one to one with a certain coach, um, obviously they mix up, but then that coach will go with that boxer when they do the open spa. Is it on the Thursday night or something like that? So they've got yeah. that consistency. It's a, it's a it's a balance. It's 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 like a continuum. So like it's a balance of consistency and variation. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it, the same way with the sessions that we deliver is a continuum between um, support and challenge. Mm-hmm. So the tech session on a Tuesday, you dry drill based. It's very much um, lots of support, sort of minimal challenge. Whereas you're open sparring, it's maximum challenge, minimum minimum support. So mm-hmm. the same way with the consistency and variation, uh, we look at having a period of time uh, where you're consistently working with coaches. We keep the consistency in, in terms of what the athletes are working towards um, by having check-ins with each athlete at the beginning of the training block. To, to, to see what they want to work on uh, and they buy whether they buy into what the group of coaches believe they need to work on. So you've got the consistency there, but then you've also got the variation with more than one coach in each training block and then the following training block working with another two coaches. So again, it's sort of spreading, spreading your bets between consistency and variation. And, and you, yeah, so you're more likely to hit. And as you say, um, I think, you, as you said, you've got those penny dropping moments are more likely to happen if you are uh, spending those bets. We had, we had another conversation um, about um, that kind of uh, group conversation that you have with your guys. And, and one of the examples was what is shape? Because it's, it's the best thing in there. You can, you can play boxing bingo and shout, right, how many times will a boxing coach shout, keep your shape? And then you also think to yourself, Actually, what does the boxer know what that means? You know, what, what is keeping shape? And you said that you had a bit of a conversation around that. You know, I think it was a, maybe a bit of a whiteboard type conversation or in front of the screen. Is that right? I'm yeah. Right. So, again, that was one of those conversations. Sorry, what was that mean? 
what what do those look like? Those sort of conversations when you actually are trying to talk about scoring and, and talking about getting a, a consistent language. You know, so you're all talking the same language. Well, the, the conversations I've had with boxers around shape have been sort of uh, like quite varied. Either been sort of individual coaching sessions on pads, just checking in. You know, like a bit of a. Oh, do, you, do you understand what shape means? Um, and you know that that over years been doing that. Um, but then, like as like you say, as a team, um, try and check that in with the the coaches. So we, you know, we'll have meetings as a as a, as a coaching group to check that we're all on the wave, uh, same wavelength in terms of our terminology. Because you know people use different words to describe different things, um, and then we try to keep a bit of consistency with that, so that when we are talking to the boxers or, or delivering sessions, um, you know we're, we're consistent with the, the terminology we use. Um, we, I try and get the coaches to ask more questions than than just sort of uh, give examples. So we're lucky again; we have a big whiteboard in the gym. Where you know we can do a sort of a, a debrief or you know a bit of a chat at the end of the sessions where we can try and tease out the answers um, from the boxers themselves. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were asking about? Or Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Which brings that perfectly onto my next question. You know, you you started talking about your your review. You know, how you actually um, do your reviewing progress uh, process, even. So how you know how do you know how you, what your boxers are getting on? How do you know how the program's getting on? Um, and I know that you use um, a bit of video analysis now as well. So, yeah. So my question next one is, how do you review progress? So we, again, we're quite lucky being a full-time program that we can break the, um, the season into training blocks. Um, and what we try to do is we try to have a transition week um, between the training blocks, which allows us to evaluate um, the training block we've just completed. Um You've got your obvious evaluations where you, you look at um, you know your bout your bout results, but you, you know as you and every coach is aware that that's uh, not always the the whole picture. Um, you know, for, for judging on the show or just how people cope under that situation or just the type of, you know the opponent that they've drawn uh, in, in that competition is not always um, not always the the best marker to go by so it's you know it's an opportunity for us um coaching staff but also we have a performance team as well we're lucky to have a psychologist a listen see coach uh, a nutritionist um you know uh, a physiotherapist and a lifestyle coach as well so there's an opportunity for us as a as a as a team to sit down and um, and discuss and evaluate where we are with the boxes um it's an opportunity to Share for the coaches to share what you've been delivering, how you've been delivering it, uh, and whether or not you think you've seen results, or whether or not the other coaches think they've seen results in the, the spars they've seen or the bouts that they've watched. Um, so then we sort of uh, have a chat and a sort of review about what um, what we can do better moving forward in in, in the next block. So it's that sort of plan do review mm-hmm. that we try to uh, we try to focus on and. Constantly evaluate, ask you know, ask those questions why and how we're doing something to, to try and prove. Because if you if you do the same, you get the same results. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we constantly look to to improve on what we're doing. And what sort of involvement do the boxers have in that process about you know changing the program? It's it again. That's some. I I would say you know, we, in terms of a, like a balance and a continuum, it's something that we could do better. Um, 
we have a one-to-one -one with each of the, uh, the boxers um, at the beginning of each training block. So there's a check-in, uh, an opportunity to, to discuss the previous block, um, an opportunity to discuss their aspirations for the current block and the blocks after um, in terms of what they, they, they want to do and achieve. Uh, and then it's an opportunity to have a conversation about um, you know, what we're going to work on in that block to, to help them achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say that sounds great. I think it's, we're, we're probably still too coach-led uh, in that approach. And I do think, although we're spreading the bets with the, um, you know, the, the week program and structure, and there's still stuff that we can do a lot better in terms of making it more athlete-led. Um, but I would say, you know, we are lucky, lucky and we have the luxury of being a full-time programme and we're not in that almost impossible world that most uh, grassroots clubs have in terms of, uh, you know, being really smart in, in what you're delivering because of all the variables involved. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we, 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 it, it's hard to balance a team's programme and an individual's needs. Sure. Otherwise, effectively, you, you have 30 programmes running at once, if that makes sense. So it's more capacity, a, a capacity issue. Um, so it's something that we're, 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 we're constantly trying to improve and focus on, but usually it's capacity that... Uh, is the biggest sort of barrier to that, which mm. I imagine, you know, well, if you're a one-man band running a club with 30 boxes across all age groups and you've got newcomers coming to the gym, um, you know, it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's capacity, which uh, I think prevents you from working optimally mm -hmm. or effectively. So, um, you know, we might know stuff that we need to improve, but it's, it's trying to think of the practical way of delivering that, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. I mean, it, it's a bit like being a bookworm, isn't it? You can be very academically know everything there is to know about coaching, but can you actually get on the floor and do it and get buy-in from not just the boxers, but from the, your team of coaches? That's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's an important thing because, um, you, know, you know, I'm lucky to, to work with a lot of practitioners uh, or have worked with a lot of practitioners and, and, and sports science-based um, people. And, you know, I openly admit I am not, I do not have a sports science uh, background. It's very much sort of just experience and what you've done over the years. Um, but it's great sometimes to have these theories and say, well, this is how we should do stuff. But it's a completely different kettle of fish of actually putting that into the real-life world uh, and bearing in mind the other variables or situational factors that affect it. So especially with like the constraints-based stuff, you know, getting the buy-in from the athletes. Like I, I remember getting filmed by um, the mentor at the time, delivering two sessions in, uh, at, at, you know, in the GB gym in Sheffield with um, two England uh, groups um, of boxers and trialled two different ways of delivering the session. The traditional sort of, uh, right, this is what we're doing. Uh, this is why we're doing it at the start of the session. Mm -hmm. uh, getting the boxers to do it uh, and being very sort of structured um, or pragmatic in, in the way we deliver it, and then trialing a different way of right, get on with it. Is is the sort of theme, whatever. Just letting them letting them roll with it, 
mm-hmm. and then just sort of teasing stuff out of them. Um, and I thought the session, the second session flowed loads better because they just got straight into it. There was less talking. Um, but there was a sort of a moment where, because obviously I was mic'd up, which is horrible hearing yourself talk afterwards, <laughs> uh, where I said to a boxer who's doing very, I would just add that doing really well for themselves now. Um, I'm asking them a question and the, and the response was, well, you know, you tell me, you're the coach. Um, and I think that's the sort of the, like, the issues that we need to think about. Yeah, great. That was the, the theory for the, the session, giving them, you know, the opportunity to explore it themselves and all that sort of thing. But you've got to come up, you've got to be aware of that sort of relationship as well uh, with the boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're fighting against years of culture change, aren't you? It, you, you? It's culture, it's tradition. And for suddenly to come in with this new flashy thing called constraints or ecological dynamics, they look at you like, just tell me what to do because I've been, someone's told me what to do for 20 years. And, and it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. So you've uh, You've got to introduce it slowly, you know, like you say, you, as you say, you've got to hedge your bets. It's it's even more difficult when you're working with coaches that don't buy into it. Sure. So, um, you know, like you, you just sort of said there, people will take the easy option. So if you're asking a, a boxer to maybe feel uncomfortable and think for themselves, uh, but then they can go work with another coach who just explains it for them. Uh, for his for his own ego, so like Stu said, we feel great when we give him the answers, and uh, yeah, I've done the answer. Oh yeah, they think I'm a good coach. We're all sorted, and they think, oh, he's a good coach. He's giving me the answers. I'm in a great place. So it's difficult mm-hmm. when you you're sort of up against other coaches, um, you know, going down that that route. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we can go into a whole different conversation now, like sort of you know <laughs> what 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 actually you know what is it you know what's a good coach. How how do you sort of like you know explain a good coach? You know, is is a good coach that has a boxer eating out their hands, dotes on the words they say, will run through a brick wall for them? You know, a better coach than um, you know someone who might tell them some home truths, but give them a better learning experience. You know, you ask the boxer who's the better coach. It's yeah, it's 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 a constant battle, I suppose, for any coach to sort of balance those things with that sort of support and challenge make yeah. you might know what's best for the boxer but then will that jeopardize my relationship with the boxer uh, it's it's complex and it's 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 difficult and we we get it wrong uh, so many times and you know you just hope that you you get it right and you just sort of recognize traits in boxers where you think oh I might have to do it this way or I've come across a, a box like this before and that's what boils down to I suppose experience Absolutely. And I think there is a cultural change coming on at the moment. You know, I think people are more aware of, of this side of coaching. Not, I'm not saying that, you know, box itself has leaped over to the to this constraints-based side of the continuum, far from it. But I think there's a bit more of awareness. And sort of from the outside looking in with the army, um, if you would have asked someone 20, 30 years ago about the army, it would have been very much, you know, drill, um, you know, like you say, very autocratic. But... Um, you know, I know you've heard the the former podcast I had with um, with Seamus Kelly, Lieutenant Colonel Seamus Kelly, and and he's talking about how the army have actually ad- adapted to um, be a bit more um, uh, empowering, given more autonomy. Um, is that something you're you're sort of seeing now in in your tenure with what you're doing with the army? There is a bit more involvement than what there used to be. It's it's difficult for me to say, mate, because um, obviously I'm the I've only experienced through, through the team. Are the soldiers coming through with a little bit more, um, you know, um, opinion? 
should I say? Again, why am I putting you on the say, spot? <laughs> no, it's, it's just difficult for me to say because um, obviously I've only been in uh, in post a couple of years, sure. and uh, I've only seen the athletes that I've worked with. So you know, you're probably better asking someone like uh, you know James Allen, who's been involved with the team sort of over a 15 year period as a boxer and a coach. Um, so no, it's it's just difficult for me to say, Adam. I wouldn't yeah. like to. I wouldn't like to to, to comment really. Yeah, you probably need to have been doing it 10, 15 years to to, to comment fully. So it's probably a bad question. But yeah, um, Jay Allen, if you uh, if you if you're listening, uh, yeah, let me know. I'd be really interested to see what you've been seeing o- over the years. That you know, has that has there been a bit of a cultural shift or or has there not? Um, so yeah, just just finally, Ben. Um, yeah, thanks very much. Earlier, you, you posted some really kind words on the um, the box gathering uh, WhatsApp group, or was it the Facebook page? I can't remember. Um, how, how are you finding things with with um, the box gatherings has it been helpful oh, i think i think it's brilliant like um you know we we we've said it many times over the years adam i don't think uh, as a sport um us coaches talk about coaching enough um you know everyone's busy with their time you know volunteers working full full-time jobs then giving up all all hours under the sun you know our sports crazy in terms of, uh, you know, like compared to sort of like football training once a week, playing a match on a Sunday, you know, coaches live inside the gym, the amount of divorces that have come, <laughs> have occurred because people are uh, married to boxing instead. Um, you know, it, it's great to actually finally get sort of a platform where you've got coaches talking about coaching uh, and, and, you know, you talk about positives coming out of a, a you know, a negative situation with COVID. It's um, it's great to to see something like this come out of it, where hopefully you get more talk with coaches and they feel a bit more empowered or or comfortable trying different things. Because I do think that the whole thing with that constraints based uh, or led led approach, it's just an awareness piece. It's just mm-hmm. making because like we said before, I'm sure there's loads of coaches out there doing it or have been doing it for years. Um, but they don't call it constraints-based, like lead approach. Um, but then we we actually get people to to be aware of it, think about it more, and break it down. Could we change things? Uh, could we tweak tech sessions, or could, could we tweak a session that we deliver in the club slightly different? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, you know, like just making it more real. You know, making it more engaging for the boxers. Like, who who wouldn't want to sign up to that? Sure. Um, so sure. and that, I do honestly brilliant work from yourself and Ivan getting it set up and some of the guests have been absolutely brilliant like listening to um, you know the stories uh, the journeys um, as with your pod- podcast listening to some of the guests you've got a caliber of guests I sort of feel a bit uh, of a fraud a bit of a underqualified to come on here and talk mate um, no, no, not at all. Absolutely not at all, mate. Not at all. You know, you you're very much respected and revered in, in boxing circles, mate. So it's 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 a it's a big plus having you on, mate. And and I love I love chatting to you because I know that we've got um I wouldn't say massively similar. I think we have got similar ideas, but um we we know that we need to be curious and start looking how we can be better as as a, as you know as a sport. Um, and I, I think that that's only going to serve us well and sport well. You know, and anyone that has a similar sort of mindset. So um, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, how can people get in contact with you um, regarding the potential of actually joining the boxing team if they are an aspiring boxer um, or, or just for a chat? 
Uh, you can get me uh, on my email address, which is uh, ben.stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, at gbboxing.org.uk. Just drop me an email. Um, I'm terrible when it comes to, to phone calls. Um, if I'm doing, if I'm in the middle of doing something, I won't stop to, to answer my phone. So uh, you best get me on the emails and uh, I can get back to you with any sort of queries. So, Ben, what message would you have for any young boxing coaches who are, are up and coming? Um, I suppose the, the key sort of message I would have for anyone in that sort of position is to, um, is, is, is to put yourself out there um, and sort of uh, have faith in your own ability, but be, be comfortable being uncomfortable uh, in terms of under, like understanding that no one has the magic pill, the 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 miracle uh, technique, program, whatever you want to call it, uh, and we're all constantly still learning. So don't feel like you've got to do um, you know coach twenty thirty years in a gym um, to sort of develop yourself further. That you know there's nothing wrong with. So sorry, you could be doing the the same thing for 20, 30 years um, and be terrible. Or you could be constantly asking yourself questions, constantly asking why we're doing stuff, asking those questions, working with coaches, being curious in sort of a five-year period and, and being in a much better position than uh, that person resorting to type in a sort of 20, 30-year period. So my advice to them would be put yourself out there, uh, get involved because... You know, like I wouldn't send myself young, but other people, other people do. Um, and you know, I remember having doubts of whether to go for the England position sort of five years ago. And uh, you know, without dropping a clang, um, talking to Rob McCracken in Sheffield at the time, uh, you know, he he said to me because I was worried about our oh, people would just say, "Oh, who's he? What's he know?" sort of thing. Um, and he sort of just said to me, you know, you know, you're a good coach, go for it. Haters are gonna hate. If people aren't hating on you, you're not pushing yourself, uh, you know, hard enough. You're not putting yourself out there enough. Um, that sort of like encouraged me to get on that side. You know, I would say the same to, to any other coaches out there. Get involved with stuff like the box gathering. Um, get involved with, you know, England and Mick and Amanda are really keen at. You know, get, uh, getting coaches involved and, in, and engaged during the uh, England camps. Put yourself out there. Work with other coaches. The best way of learning is to, you know, is to to work alongside and learn from other coaches and share share their sort of learning and ask them questions uh, and like pinch those ideas. But you only get that by putting yourself out there. So don't be thinking I've got to stay in my in my gym for twenty years before I can even be considered for. The stuff moving forward. Get get out there and ask questions. Sorry, is that a bit of a long wind? Long-winded. Uh... Do you know what? I've got nothing I can possibly add to that. You know, just just amen. I I completely agree. You know, you can't you can't just regurgitate stuff in the next thirty years. You have to be innovative. You have to be curious, and you have to actually want to improve. Because in the, the day, who we're there for? We're there for the boxes. And if we're not getting better ourselves, we're just repeating the same rubbish. No, then we're not going to help the people we serve. So, yeah, I, I think you articulated it fantastically, mate. So, so thank, yeah, and, thanks. And that's sorry, and that's a really important point, Adam. You know, every every boxer you come across will be a, a new equation. 
will be. So that's why you should feel comfortable not feeling like the fountain of, of knowledge. Because every boxer that steps through your, you know, your gym doors is going to be completely different to, to boxes you, you know, you work with in the past. You might recognise traits in them or draw upon previous experiences where you've come across that type of behaviour or maybe that sort of physiological type of boxer or some you know, habits they have. But you've got to be comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Be comfortable not, not knowing all the answers. If, if, if that makes sense, because every box is different. So I think the quicker you sort of realise that and feel comfortable with, right, this is an opportunity for, for me and that boxer to go on a journey together, to, uh, to work things out together, because it's not a case of I've got all the answers, so I'm going to spurt these out. Accepting that. It's probably a better experience for both of you and you get a lot more comfortable in your own skin and you're happy to, to put yourself out there forward. So again, massive thanks there to Ben Stewart. Uh, a great insight into sort of a day in the life of what it looks like on the, the British Army boxing team and how they structure their weeks, months and, the, and their training regimes. Um, you know, underpinned by a fantastic knowledge of, of the science and understanding of learning principles. So it's, it's, uh, it's not surprising at all how, you know, why they're successful. So um, a couple of key takeaways from me. Uh, spreading the bets to be as athlete-centred as possible and to get as many penny-dropping moments as possible, I thought was an absolutely fantastic way of doing it. So you're accommodating for the people rather than them accommodating for you as coaches. Uh, I enjoyed listening to him speak about how they structured their days and periodise their the training blocks, as I mentioned, to achieve to actually get those penny dropping moments. Uh, ben always kind of impresses me with his, his sort of ongoing want to get better. You know, there's, there's no ego or bravado there, but a real strength in how he, he role models his willingness to, to constantly improve. You know, and that's something I'm, I'm sure his boxers pick up on and, and want to achieve themselves. So another strength of Ben's, aside from his knowledge and, and organisational skills, which is apparent, is his great interpersonal skills. He's kind of, he's, well, I'd say he's excellent at establishing rapport and, and developing relationships in, within his team. You know, one of the key reasons why he's, he is so successful and, and so respected. So, uh, again, thanks to Ben. Um, just a little aside, um, you know, Ben alluded to it as did I in, in the podcast, The Box Gathering. It's a new endeavour uh, that myself and uh, my colleague and friend Ivan Cobb is uh, embarking on. So, we have a, a big community of practice where people are, uh, are logging on to us and we are uh, producing some fantastic guests for you to get, jump on the Zoom and ask questions as we interview these guests, uh, top people from um, top boxers in, in the world uh, to coaches uh, to academics for anything that's boxing related and um, I know it's been a, a big thing over lockdown for a lot of people and, and it, you know it's a, it's a real big move and it's, it's starting to move real forward now so if anybody's interested in um, the gatherings uh, then just drop me a message that's adam.hanover at gbmc.ac.uk or of course on any of the boxing coaching podcasts um, social media platforms um, usually you can get me on all three but especially Facebook 
um, yeah, and it's, it's a real growing platform for people just to, to get better, to improve, you know, and our hashtag is connect, share, grow, and that's exactly what we're trying to do, connect coaches together, sharing information, um, and, and growing and getting better together as a sport. So, um, yeah, big things ahead there, some fantastic guests. Okay, guys, thanks very much, and look forward to speaking to everybody soon. All the best, take care, bye-bye. If you liked this podcast, similar content and discussions can be found at The Box Gathering. The Box Gathering is a social initiative born out of the ashes of the first lockdown in March 2020. We provide a platform where coaches, boxers, officials and boxing enthusiasts can join together online to discuss various boxing topics. It's free to join and upgrade options offer unlimited access to all our live gatherings, campfire videos and coaching resources. Join today at www.theboxgathering.co.uk.